the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled, The Passover Prophecy. That's The Passover Prophecy, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call us at any time, 24-7. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with the conclusion to The Passover Prophecy. Today's Reaching Your Heart. At the time of the end, she will attack those who follow Jesus. In Revelation 17, 3, the harlot rides the beast because she manipulates world political power to attack the Lamb of God in the person of the church. The lamb in the book of Revelation is the Passover lamb. The Bible teaches that one day it will be Passover all over again, and the beast will attack the lamb again. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' personal end is a foretaste of the end. So what they did to him, they will do again. Look at Luke 22.1. Let's read again all the way down to verse 6. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes were seeking how to put him to death. For they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and engaged to give him money. So he agreed and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. Christ was betrayed because Judas was jealous of him. And the enemies of Christ used this to gain an advantage over him. Verse 5 says they were glad. Look in verse 6. It indicates that they were looking for a time to act when the multitude that supported Jesus would not be around. And like Pharaoh, they chose the night to take Jesus out. So it was the Passover all over again. In the book of Daniel, the final attack against the church will come at the end of time because the gospel goes to the world. The glad tidings comes from the north and the east. And so the king of the north in fear and anger will marshal his forces to destroy the church of Christ. And so it will be Passover again. Christ's death and his betrayal will happen to his people in a way at the end of time. Daniel eleven forty three. Now it's interesting, Daniel eleven forty three. The Bible talks about this final antichrist king of the north who gains control of all the treasures of gold and silver. In Revelation thirteen, we know that the beast power, the lamb like beast, institutes a law which makes it impossible for God's people to buy and sell which in fact props up this antichrist kind of beast. So we have a parallel idea. So this is Mark of the Beast imagery in Daniel 11.44. Let's look at it again. But tidings from the east and the north shall alarm him. In other words, when the gospel goes out, when people all over the world are getting God's message, the world kingdom system that is antichrist will say, wait a second here, if we don't stop that, The whole world's going to go out after this message. Just like the Jewish leaders said, if we don't stop Christ, the whole world's going out after him. We have to contain it. 
And so it says, tidings from the east and the north shall alarm him. And he, the Antichrist, shall go forth with great fury to exterminate and utterly destroy many. The night in which Jesus was betrayed, the devil entered Judas, and he went out to do the work of the devil in the night. And the religious leaders seduced the state of Rome to kill the Passover lamb right on time. And one day in the future, the religious leaders will do exactly the same thing all over again to the true church of Jesus Christ. His personal end is a foretaste of the end. And it will be Passover all over again. It will be the last Passover. Verse 7, Luke 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. And tell the householder, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room? Where am I to eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. And they went and found it as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, these verses illustrate the truth that God's providence had provided for every part of the Passover. I mean, it wasn't an accident what happened to Christ. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't even human planning altogether that prepared the meal. Providence was at work that day. Nothing in the Passover was an accident. Verse 7 said the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Human will and human envy could not stop the Passover or prevent its fulfillment. In the story, an unknown man appears on a street, and Peter and John ask him for the place to prepare the Passover. I mean, this is like heaven is working with human will to bring about something larger than the mix. We live today in the world where we meet people every day that we think really don't matter. But dear heart, some of them are destined by God to step into the church at the end of time, to play a pivotal role in final world events, and we don't even know it. And so we meet those people every day, like the man on the street. God has placed them there for the last Passover, for the final conflict in human history. And so John and Peter prepared the meal just as Jesus commanded. Now Jesus chose these two men for very different reasons. Each man would respond differently to Jesus' trial and betrayal that night. We find two different responses in these men. John would follow Jesus all the way to the cross, and Peter, what would Peter do? He would deny him that very night. So both of these men are preparing the Passover meal. You see, Christ chose John and Peter to prepare the Passover to teach us a very important lesson about the cross of Christ. The Passover is for two different kinds of people. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world is for everyone. It's for the faithful disciple like John who never errs. It's like it's for John who follows him all the way to the cross. It's for that kind of believer. But it's also for Peter who in the weakness of his flesh denied the Lord that night. Who could have taken his life but God had him prepare the Passover meal because after the death of Christ he needed the cross of Christ to restore him to God. There is forgiveness in Jesus for the weak like Peter who denied Jesus. And there is a lamb for the person like John who follows him the night all the way to the cross. In verse 11, the question was asked, where am I to eat the Passover with my disciples? We should slow down sometimes when we read these Bible stories. Here's the question given by Christ for them. Where am I to eat the Passover with my disciples? 
You know, this is the pertinent question that Jesus asks each of us today. Where am I to eat the Passover lamb with my disciples? That's the question he asks our church here. In the book of Revelation, the last call of Christ to the last church age is a call to open the doors so he can eat again with his people. That is the heart of the Laodicean message in the book of Revelation, the seventh church age. The Lord's Supper is his supper. And Jesus still earnestly desires to have communion with his people around that table. The Lord's Supper teaches us that the lamb is not obsolete or optional in your life. If you have the lamb, you have life. If you have the lamb, you have a lamp in the night. The Laodicean church in the book of Revelation is a church culture at the end of time that lives without the lamb where it matters most. Revelation 3.19, Christ is speaking to us at the end of time. Those whom I love, I reprove and chasten, so be zealous and, what does it say? Repent. In the church, there needs to be repentance. This notion that we can come to church, we can be connected with multi-generations of believers, we can feel good about all the things we do, what we don't do, and Christ says you need to repent, but here's what you need to repent from. Look at verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what does he say? What does he say? I'll slip in, I'll sneak in, I'll come in, he says, to eat with him and he with me. And the one who conquers, you see, the big obstacle of Christian victory is keeping Christ out. When you lock down the door of your heart and life and you say, Jesus, you're out of it, then you don't have victory. But to the one who opens the door, he says this, he who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Access to God comes when you open the door and you partake of the Passover experience with Jesus in your personal life. Jesus' question is alive today for his people. Where am I to eat the Passover lamb? Where am I to eat that lamb? Christ can't eat the Passover lamb in our house. Can't eat it in your house. If we're feeding on the latest PG-13 film or worse in the church. Did you hear what I said? You can't come into that house and fellowship with you if that's what you're doing. Christ can't eat the Passover lamb if ball games and video games have rooted out a personal time for study of the Bible and prayer. It just doesn't happen in a home like that. Christ can't eat the Passover lamb in your house if your house is a place for feasting on the world's pig trough, culturally speaking. That's the focus of your life. He just can't come into a house like that. He stands at the door and he knocks for the right heart to open the door and let him in. And there has to be room inside the house to feast with him inside. So I asked the question today that Christ asked, where is Christ to eat the Passover lamb with his disciples today? Luke twenty-two fourteen, And when the hour came, he sat at table and the apostles with him. Now the hour here is the hour of his end. It is the hour of his suffering, the hour of his betrayal, the hour for the Passover conflict. It is the hour for the prince of darkness to take control of Judas and the evil work to begin. A vital truth is taught in verse 14. The text says Jesus sat at table and his disciples with him. You see, those who stand for Jesus in difficult times... They won't stand under the pressure of end-time events. They won't stand when faith has to exist in the context of no resources, of absolutely no emotional options, when you can't see five inches into the darkness of the night. They won't stand if they don't sit with Jesus at the table first. 
The person has fellowship is prepared for conflict. So fellowship with Christ involves suffering for Christ. And there's no disciple who will suffer for Christ who does not willingly answer the call to come to the table to feast with him. Now I've noticed something here. Now tell me if I'm wrong. I've noticed that the church gets about one-third empty at the Lord's Supper. Have you noticed that? Come on, am I telling the truth? Yes or no? What? Absolutely. Now, if we need to fellowship with Christ at the table to be ready for the controversy, just as Christ had eagerly desired to do so with his disciples, so we should be really full at communion time, right? So that we are ready for the end time. So Christ tells the church of Laodicea, I want to come in and fellowship with you at the Lord's Supper. You see, a believer is one who fellowships with Jesus and draws life from the Lamb. Not life from themselves, not life from their own resolutions, but life from the Lamb. Luke twenty-two fifteen, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Dear heart, God wants earnestly to celebrate the Lord's Supper with us every time we can. And that earnest desire is meant to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. The pastor of Egypt pointed forward to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It pointed forward to the Lamb that everyone needs to feed on every day in life. There is no deliverance at the end of time unless you feed on that Lamb. And there's no victory in time unless you have Him. Jesus is very clear in verse 13. He will not eat the Passover again until the kingdom of God comes. You know, there's a kingdom feast on the horizon. I mean, Christ is very clear here. Passover was not fully fulfilled at the cross. He's very clear that in that final struggle at the end of time, the Passover will be fully fulfilled in the kingdom of God. That means there will be another death struggle at the end. It means what happened to him will happen to his church. It means the final feast will be the culmination of all. It means that when we sing the song of Moses and the Lamb, we're singing the song of the Passover Lamb all over again on the sea of glass in Revelation 15. It means the mark of the beast issue is more than the mark of the beast issue. It's the struggle for the Lamb who stands on Mount Zion with the 144,000. It is in fact the last Passover over because the Lamb of God will break into history. He will save His people. The pillar of fire and cloud will appear again. But this time we'll know who's in that pillar of fire and cloud because Christ will be in it. King of kings and Lord of lords with millions of angels. Billions of angels. The darkness of a midnight sky will be broken by the light of a new morning because Jesus will return. He says, I will not again eat the Passover until the kingdom of God comes. It points forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. There is a kingdom feast on the horizon. The invitation has been sent to the entire world. Come to the king of the banquet that is already prepared for his son. The kingdom feast is the last Passover feast. Because once again, evil will marshal against God's people on a global scale. Once again the religious leaders of a compromised church world culture will unite with political leaders to attack the Lamb of God and the remnant church. And once again, there will be betrayal and God's people will suffer just like Jesus did then. I ask you this question. I ask you this question in light of what is coming on the world. Are you feasting on the Lamb? Is the Lamb of God the most important truth in your religious experience today? Do you come to church for the Lamb or do you come to church for you? Do you fellowship with the saints for the saints 
Or do you have fellowship with the saints because of the Lamb? You know, every now and then I meet someone in the church. They say, well, you know, I just don't feel loved in church. I think to myself, well, why don't they spend time with Jesus? Did you hear me? Really? If Christ loves you and Christ is in the church, do you need everybody else to feel loved in the church? Yes or no? I mean, it's obvious. If you have Jesus, you are loved in the church. And so do you fellowship with the saints for the saints or do you fellowship with the saints because of the Lamb? What makes you feel accepted in church? Is it the church or the Lamb you seek at church? What do you earnestly desire for your own life? That someone will notice what you do? Or what you do for the Lamb? Do you desire theology to make you feel smart? Do you desire warm fuzzies to make you feel loved? Do you desire prosperity to make you feel blessed? Do you seek music to make you feel quickened and alive? Or do you seek the Lamb of God for your life? That's the question I'm asking. Why do you come to church? The Bible teaches that the last Passover is coming soon, dear heart. And when it comes in the future, all those who belong to the Lamb will be delivered because of the Lamb. We need the Lamb. The communion table is not optional. The Lamb is not an unnecessary truth in your life leading up to that time. You need Jesus to stand on Mount Zion with the Lamb. Now is the time to take the Lamb of God and never feast on anything else ever again in your life. Christ is the food that satisfies. Jesus is the feast that never fails. And Jesus is the Lamb that meets you in the night of betrayal with the light that leads to the kingdom and feast of God. The feast on the Lamb was the preparation for His suffering. It is the preparation for God's people for the final conflict of the mark of the beast. The final generation needs the Lamb to endure the tribulation. The final generation needs the Lamb so they can go through those seven plagues and not lose their faith. They can stand with the Lamb on Mount Zion as conquerors in Him because His end is more than His end. His personal end is a prophecy of the end. We need the Lamb. In the book of Revelation, a question is asked by one of the four and twenty elders at the second coming of Jesus Christ. This question defines the source of victory for the final generation. The elder sees a generation of believers standing white before the throne of God, rejoicing in the salvation of God. And how did they become so clean? How did they get to be so white in the dark times of human history that they lived? How did they get here? That's the question. Revelation 7, 13. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these in white robes? And whence have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, you know, the therefore means that's how they got there. They didn't get there because they tried to be good. They didn't get there because they were good at being good. They didn't get there because they had good backgrounds. They got there because they washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night within His temple. And the one who sits upon the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And He will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The Passover is a prophecy of the end of the world. And the Lamb is the way to survive the last Passover at the end of the world. In the Lamb, you have everything you need to make it. 
The lamb is the one who makes you white with the merits of his righteousness, his blood. The lamb is the one who covers you with his presence when you feel alone and unprotected. The lamb is the one who feeds you when you can't feed yourself, who gives you the truths of God's word. The lamb is the one who satisfies the spiritual thirst that is deep inside the human heart that is sincere. And the lamb is the lion who saves you from the heat of the sun, the fourth plague, and the beast and the mark of the beast at the time of the end. The lamb wipes away every tear from your eyes. If you want to make it, dear heart, you need the lamb every day. That's what the Bible's saying. You need the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who sustains you and meets every need. The Passover is a prophecy of what is coming in the mark of the beast test that will fall upon the entire world. And dear heart, Jesus is the Lamb who conquers the beast in His image, who overtakes the harlot, who gives victory to God's people. In Revelation 13, a lamb-like beast kills the people of God just before the final close of human probation. It kills a small group who will not worship the beast in his image. And so like Jesus, they become a sacrifice at the end to awaken the conscience of the Christian world. Revelation 14.1, those who refuse the mark of the beast will stand with the lamb on Mount Zion. There's a choice between a lamb-like beast that loves the world and the lamb of God that stands with the Father, that stands for his truth at Mount Zion. That's where God's people stand. I want the lamb, not the lamb-like beast. The Bible says they follow the lamb wherever he goes. The final generation who wear white are clean and bright because they stand with the lamb. Jesus offered the promise and the prophecy the day the Passover was prepared for you. I say for you because Christ died in principle only for you if there was no one else. He would have died just for you. But he died for every one of us who are yous. And it was all packed into his being from Gethsemane to the cross so that an infinite human package was funneled through one human mind, the internet of all humanity, the nexus of all, every person's suffering, so that in Christ, every person's trial has been addressed personally by Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In Luke twenty-two fifteen, he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Dear heart, Jesus is the Lamb. And the Passover is the prophecy that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming to deliver, to deliver you and me. Dear Father, I'm grateful that Jesus came to the cross for Peter and John. He came to the cross for the disciple he loved dearly who would deny him but would return because of the cross. And he came to the cross for the disciple who would follow him all the way to the cross. Both need the cross. And Father, I pray today as we live really on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ, we live when the world cannot be fixed by human reason. I pray, Father, for the faith of Jesus in our midst, in my life, in our lives. Father, there's a world out there that doesn't know you. You have placed us here, not for our own sakes, but for those who need Jesus. Father, renew in us at this time that we have been brought to this time as a sacred part of your providential plan. And Father, may we be open to the person on the street that somehow gets involved in the Passover struggle and becomes a part of the plan. May the outsider become an insider and grace create the circle with the lamb in the middle. Thank you for Jesus, Father, your wonderful son. Thank you that in him we have life. Help us to lay aside self in this place 
and in Jesus to have a new future. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message is ministered to you, remember there are many more just like it at reachingyourheart.com. If you're a regular listener to this broadcast or if you've just tuned in for the first time and have been inspired by this sermon and you'd like to partner with us to help keep these radio broadcasts on the air, you can simply call us at 1-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE, day or night, 24-7. One of our team is available to assist you right now. We believe God is moving across the globe, touching lives and reaching hearts. And you are helping make this a reality with your gift of any amount. These are urgent times and God has an urgent message. God's message in Revelation is one of warning and encouragement. And it's a personal appeal to all of mankind. It is his final message before sweeping changes occur across the globe. Events that will take place just prior to Christ's second coming. You see... God doesn't want his church to be surprised by the events that will take place. He wants his church ready for his return. We have a book titled God's Last Altar Call that will encourage you and help you understand what events must take place as found in the book of Revelation. We'll send you this book for a donation of any amount and pray that you will be encouraged to know that you can discern the events that must take place prior to his second coming. Please call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. And with a donation of any amount, we'll send the book right out to you entitled, God's Last Altar Call. We pray that you will be lifted up by the biblical insights in this book and grow spiritually in your walk with Christ. Join us again next time for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.